0: T, Earl Grey, hot.
1: drinking it right now oh nice 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 a true connoisseur of star trek
0: welcome back everyone to our star trek sub pod subspace transmissions we were gamers sub star trek sub sub pod yeah i got the
1: subspace transmission series here where andrew and i spend a bunch of time talking about star trek basically Because, because we need to yeah, because it's good. That's why.
0: In this modern age of Star Wars, which will be funny because this episode will be released after we do a whole episode about Star Wars. <laughs>
1: hey, look, it is the Star Wars season, man. There's been a bunch of Star Wars stuff that's been out. We talked about Mandalorian recently. We're going to have talked about all of our Star Wars movie rankings. So, you know, there's a lot of Star Wars going around out there. The, 20... That Star Wars movie is still in the theaters probably. Mm-hmm. Twenty. When did they? When did they
0: release that Force Awakens film? Twenty fifteen. Fifteen, maybe. 16? That sounds right. Something like that. It has been the season of Star Wars since then, and mm-hmm. I feel like twenty twenty is shaping up to be Star Trek is back.
1: Well, they're certainly making more Star Trek than they have been in a good long time.
0: It's pretty clear that that online CBS service is uh, funded by and therefore being produced for Star Trek people.
1: Yeah. Or if not if not funded by, then certainly they're a high proponent or a high percentage of the subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly they they know who's buttering the bread over there.
0: Exactly. So let's see. This year there's going to be Star Trek Picard. There's going to be a new season of Discovery. There's going to be Lower Decks. There's going to be uh another show, I believe, in there somewhere. Is that animated show this year or that's is that a lower a... deck show? I think that's this that is lower late Dex, summer, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Uh but right now I mentioned T Earl Greyhot because this month, the week after this podcast airs, I believe. Yeah, because all... I think it's near end
1: of January, right? Yeah. So,
0: yep. we'll be the premiere episode of star trek picard which is maybe the thing i'm most excited for so far in 2020
1: yeah i really want to see it i'm i'm excited to to get in there
0: star trek's twitter account tweeted last month yeah last month (laughs) so of course we waited a whole month to do it not sure where to start your picard prep here are a few episodes to get you started thumbs up they listed Datalore, Best of Both Worlds, Family, I, Borg, and Raven, which is a Voyager episode, of course, because Seven of Nine is going to be in that show. So we took it upon ourselves to, uh, We, <laughs> I originally said we should just reread the recaps, because I'm sure we
1: had seen all those episodes a bunch of times. Which, to be clear, we all have We have seen all of these episodes before this. It's not yeah. like this is our first watching of any of these. No. But uh, we just rewatched them instead of reading recaps. <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched almost all of them. Right.
0: Um, Yeah, it's just too hard not to. There, those that list is so good. Some of them are really
1: great. I have. Well, I don't know. Not all of them are great episodes, but we'll get into it. Uh, It's true. They're definitely they're important,
0: important especially because of some of the sequels to some of the episodes.
1: Yeah, Uh, and we'll definitely get into one of them. Yeah, you'll definitely get into this here a bit and see. Like, these episodes really all have a theme. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. I think, I think we can we could pick out pretty quick uh, what the theme is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with the non-themed episode. Data, right, Lore. yeah, the, right. The first one right off the bat, uh, Data Lore is a season one episode. It first. is early, and it shows. so yeah. Uh, so this is the introduction of Data's brother type
0: guy android it's his brother it's his yeah yeah, i mean i guess if you take the track that his positronic brain still means that he's a computer then he's his uh what would you call it like serial like when you produce the same serial line of off of an assembly line but uh we just say brother right because uh picard makes the mistake during this episode where he calls lore it and data says well then am i a thing as well and he says no I'm sorry about that. You're not. So we'll just go with brother.
1: Right. Uh, And Lore uh, is his name. And he even refers to himself as Data's brother, uh, younger brother, because Data was technically built first. Uh, And it sounds like Lore has a bit of a personality difference (laughs) with his older brother here.
0: Yeah. So he tried, Dr. Sung tried to create a more human android, right? He had made Data... Everyone was like, data's cool, but Sung wasn't satisfied with the with the limitations of data where he he can't mimic exact human behaviors. He can't use he cannot use contractions. <laughs> right? Right. Um he he's unable to grasp humor. The emotion stuff. Mostly, emotion right. stuff is especially is hard. Um so data hasn't been able to learn those things, so he shuts them down, I guess. And tries to create lore, which causes some major problems for that colony.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: it's not, it doesn't seem super important what happens in this episode, but essentially, the quick recap would be they slowly f- come to find that Lore has ulterior intentions with the Enterprise crew involving something called the Crystalline Entity, which is yes. how he ended up wiping out the colony. Oh, I Mm -hmm. guess we should say spoiler alert. I don't really... I mean,
1: I guess, yeah, I don't know. Spoiler alert for shows that came out in, like, the early 90s. Yeah, I don't... I guess, like, maybe mid-90s by the time we get to Voyager, but, Uh, yeah.
0: This is the episode, despite it being so early and kind of rough, where, you know, (laughs) half the characters are still kind of wiry. They haven't really... If you notice later on when you watch the episode, like, season three and season five episodes, everyone kind of gets a little bulked up and uh the uniforms
1: fit better <laughs> they all look a little less nerdy we talked about there's a we did a whole episode of this subspace transmission on the uniforms yep all this first season the cast is still wearing the like one piece jumpsuits yeah which universally every member of this show has come off later and said those original costumes are extremely painful to wear yeah like every single person said it it's like they gather and bunch in places that are just uncomfortable for every person this is where they a lot of the crew members had uh had
0: built up the habit of pulling down their uniforms when they sat down which is something that Riker especially continues as a character to do mm-hmm. later on in the show yeah uh, which is kind of funny he-
1: If you watch it, actually, you will see every single, or not every character, but like most of the main ones, as they sit down, they will all grab the front of the shirt and pull it down. Yep. Right. Right. As they're hitting the chair. And it just looks like a natural motion. You don't like see it that much, (laughs) but if you look for it, you're like, oh wow, they do it a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You should listen to that episode if you haven't yet. It's a good one. I like Mm -hmm. that episode quite a bit. Um so lore betrays them he betrays data uh this is one of the episodes despite it being early where wesley crusher we get the shut up wesley Mm -hmm. which is extremely memeable these days
1: yeah there's definitely this is early enough on in the show that the show didn't really know how to use wesley crusher no uh he became a much more valuable member and of the crew and the cast, I would say later in the show's life Agreed. Uh, but here in season one, he, the shut up. Wesley is <laughs> uh, important because it's just like quiet down there. Little, little child. You're, you're not let the big boys talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is like their sequest moment, right? Where they kind of like, they're trying to do the family crew thing and it doesn't really work out. So they kind of quit on that later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one of those, like we need to get everyone together kind of a thing. And it's, yeah. uh, no which it not this kind of a show i have a problem with that later
0: right this time of mentality with the whole like starfleet is for families kind of thing mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later
1: well there's a whole lot of issues with the starfleet is for families thing it, and basically all of star trek if you know that all these ships have all these thousands of members of crew and yeah. their families and they have schools on board and all kinds Wolf of 359
0: is part of the problem Yeah,
1: man they're like hey let's all go in to do a giant space battle <laughs> yeah
0: don't unload your families anyway uh-huh uh, I don't know is there much more to say about data lore other than the fact that it introduces lore and the crystalline entity we don't know which of those two things if not both are going to be important for Picard and why they would have listed it I would assume because
1: uh, I, yeah, in Nemesis yeah. we lose data right Right. Uh, My suspicion here is that lore is the important one, and the reason they have us watch this is because lore will play some sort of part.
0: Lore plays a part in another character's arc later in our discussion here as well, which they don't list, but is kind of important. Um, I think it's because they need you to know that Data comes back through lore later, right? Mm. Well, we will see, I guess. I guess. I mean, or. So how many datas have they found? They found, they found lore, they found that extra data during another movie.
1: Right. Uh, it wasn't lore. What was the name of that one? Was it mm. Insurrection? Was that the one? I don't know. It, yeah, it, there was another uh, soon Android. That one was kind of like. I want to say a it was blank slate, right? Yeah. Yeah
0: hmm I don't remember that one very well <laughs> that's a bummer okay yep we well, should have looked that one up in advance <laughs> <laughs> whoops anyway I think uh, there's only the three there's definitely that okay let's move on the rest of the subset of episodes are either tangentially related or exactly related to being assimilated by and then removed from the bork correct um i would yes. say tangentially because family and raven are not directly related to being removed from the borg but they happen afterwards right
1: oh family is very much related to being removed from
0: so the is borg. raven but it's not like you watch the episode like best of both worlds two or i borg where they're talking about or the episodes where um even seven of nine is removed from the borg and they do all the techno babble about you know, the parts that are being removed and how the systems will work and the subspace it's, dampers and the...
1: It, it's a... Family and the Raven, when we get when we get to them, are about recovering from and what it means to come back from being assimilated. Right, so... The uh, Best of Both Worlds is more the actual act of the assimilation and what happens. And actually, like, you know, I, we'll start it here, but it is a... It was a watershed moment in this series, I think.
0: It took took a whole new direction to the series to say, you know, we're going to take on multi-part episodes, obviously, huge cliffhanger, and possibly endanger the main character. And then afterwards, it really changes the whole direction of the entire Star Trek universe, right? Like, before, when they ran into the Borg, it was an episode where Q had taken them 7,000 light years away to see their future, basically. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool, that was a Q episode. It's not going to mean anything like every other Q episode. And then come to find out, uh, actually, they have transwarp conduits and they're here. Yeah. So, I want you recap it for us. The both parts.
1: Okay, so the... It opens uh, with, as so many of them do, that the Enterprise is responding to some kind of distress call. (laughs) Uh, It goes to some Federation colony, uh, and they suspect that the Borg had assimilated people from this colony. Uh, We get a one-off or maybe two-off character in Lieutenant Commander Shelby who shows up. She's a female first officer level uh and that she's like equivalent in rank with riker um and her and the admiral that come on they have a discussion with picard and through it you sort of learn well the a the federation thinks the borg is involved and that b riker has been offered his own command and that shelby wants to replace him
0: shelby's character is extremely headstrong right and that's kind of the point of this whole thing is that they're going to start to hit different mentalities of Starfleet and their, it's just kind of like another watershed thing of saying there are different minds in Starfleet and they have different ideas about how to deal with combat and the Borg and things like that. This is, I think one of the first times I remember hearing Starfleet tactical, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause yeah, they're not at war with the Klingons anymore. They're not at war in TNG with pretty much anyone. Right. So, um, it, it's important later because different minds start to think about different things when we introduce hue and stuff like that. So
1: anyway, continue. Yep. So, uh, they, through a series of transmissions or whatever, find that there was a ship that encountered a cube like vessel. Uh, Hey, guess what? (laughs) It's a Borg cube. The enterprise goes and, uh, checks it out. The Borg then demand that Picard specifically surrender himself. Uh, obviously he doesn't because why would you surrender to the Borg? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they then kind of have a standoff between the enterprise and the Borg. Uh, definitely you start learning of the where the Borg is adapting to their phasers and uh, the Borg lock them lock the ship in a tracker beam uh, and you know they kind of have a little standoff there. The enterprise escapes the standoff and hides in a nebula for a while while uh jordy and wesley are working on trying to figure out how to modify the deflector dish so that they can shoot some kind of thing that the borg won't be capable of stopping so they can blow the ship up uh they're you know one of those like hey get this done uh jordy's like oh this will take two weeks and Riker's like you have a week (laughs) (laughs) and it gets down to two hours by at some point right (laughs) right yeah exactly uh And as the Borg, uh, move into the nebula and kind of like flush the enterprise out, they beam over the
0: enterprise,
1: right? Basically, uh, they beam over and abduct captain Picard
0: who they have Uh, decided is important.
1: Uh, yeah. And you don't see what happens to him, uh, until very near the end of the episode. Uh, but the cube right after abducting him changes course and starts heading directly to earth. And uh, the Enterprise follows uh, at, as best it can with Riker now in command. Uh, so they, they put together a, uh, a plan, a last-ditch effort kind of thing to rescue Captain Picard, uh, led by Lieutenant Commander Shelby and her away team. Uh, and they beam over to the Borg ship to try and force the, the cube out of warp uh, so that they can get Picard back. Uh, and as they, you know, prepare to do that, they see, uh, Picard, who has now been assimilated. They contact, uh, the Enterprise on the screen and you see Picard say that he is Locutus of Borg and Ooh. to prepare for, you have to prepare for assimilation, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, resistance is futile. And that's the end of part one.
0: It's interesting that they, that is the end of part one. I guess, later on... Oh, actually, I I,
1: I think the end of Part 1 is Riker then orders them to fire... Yeah, they shoot the ship. The deflector dish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which they have adapted for in advance, and this is important because Picard has assimilated... They've assimilated all of his tactical knowledge and and things that he knew about Starfleet and even the plan of the Mm -hmm.
1: deflector dish, right? And and he even says... uh, Well, I guess, like, getting into Part 2, but... Well... Yeah. The like you know you you know they know what he knows right Right. uh and pretty early on in part two he even says like you know tactical error number one (laughs) you (laughs) cannot do this i know what your plan is and therefore it doesn't work right so the the very beginning of part two is them basically finding out that shooting the deflector dish had no effect because they had prepared since picard basically picard's mind had told them right
0: yeah Right, exactly. It's cool, uh, it's a cool little setup and one of the reasons I really love this era of Star Trek because unlike the newer stuff where they're just kind of writing the book again, um this type of information, hey, the Borg assimilate not just your technology or your person, but your memories and your individuality and all that sort of stuff gets sucked in there too. So there's a problem (laughs) sometimes right like later with you that oh uh, hmm maybe the way that they assimilate things can be their weakness as well it's interesting
1: yeah they they kind of uh, yeah it's it's a really it's an interesting puzzle
0: for sure Mm wolf three five nine is the next big part i think in part two there
1: yeah, the Borg. Uh, the you get a message from the Admiral uh, contacting Riker as they're following the cube, saying that, "Oh, hey, we're gonna we are gonna stop, uh, and we're gonna stop this this cube before it gets to Earth at this place, Wolf three five nine. We have got a whole fleet of starships here. Uh, the Enterprise has been forced to stop following it because they can't follow at the high warp speed that the cube can do." So to make repairs and stuff, they stop uh, and they said, oh, we'll meet you guys there. Don't worry. We'll join the fight. Uh, (laughs) However, (laughs) uh, when they do eventually catch up to uh, the fleet at Wolf 359, they find out they are way too late and uh, it didn't go good for our friends in Starfleet there. No,
0: many of them uh, perish.
1: Yeah. Yeah basically uh, the, should
0: i think the the admiral and everyone else right basically
1: right the almost the entire fleet there uh is destroyed and there's a bunch of ships and you've, this like this event like this uh fight at wolf 359 ends up becoming like a big like kind of a a big moment in federation history later
0: a historic yeah moment it's a touchstone for a lot of other characters as well mm-hmm. including Cisco. Uh, we've talked about in the last episode one of the things i wonder how and i i know why obviously but picard right is assimilated and knows how dangerous the enterprise is he has to respect number one and all those people it speaks to either and maybe this is the answer picard's hubris a little bit that the cube doesn't just turn around and blow away the
1: enterprise well, at the – it is disabled uh, as their – as the cube is heading to Earth, you know. Yeah. So they can – and, you know, the I assume the Borg could predict that they wouldn't be able to fix it fast enough to stop them uh, from fighting all the, the fleet. But I guess, it, you know, at the end of the day, the Borg are pretty single-minded about what they're looking for here. <laughs> and it is assimilation. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of everything else is whatever. Good point. Uh, Yeah. All right. So so we we move on. Uh, The Enterprise keeps following the... uh, Now that the fleet has been destroyed, the Enterprise keeps following the trail of the cube and offers to negotiate (laughs) with Lacutis. And then, of course, he just tells them that, like, there will be no negotiation. (laughs) Resistance is futile. Uh, And they then... Do the uh, which maybe this was the first time I don't know if it was, but they separate the saucer section here in a kind of like last minute. Well, I don't know last minute in an attempt to give the Borg more things to, to, to shoot, shoot at. at. Yeah, this is a uh, distraction, right? Right. Uh, they basically uh, and of course Picard knew they had this option available, so he you know he even tells them uh, again Riker that like hey this is. Once again, I already knew you were doing this, so I know what to do here. Um, But Riker flips the script, and instead of firing from the, uh, not the saucer section, right? What is the other section? The star drive section? I don't (laughs) know what they call the other one. Uh, Anyway, uh, Riker does the opposite, right? And shoots from the saucer. um, Right. And he starts firing this anti-matter spread, which basically they use to help disrupt the Borg sensors enough so that they can get a shuttlecraft with data and wharf through the Borg shields and aboard the cube to get Picard back, which is sort of their plan all along. Uh, This works. They kidnap Locutus and bring him back. However, the Borg don't care. (laughs) And then they leave and head keep going straight for it
0: <laughs> yeah they got all his info as much as they wanted him to be the spokesperson of the borg right like uh yeah mm-hmm. one drone isn't that important even if it is locutus uh, at least at this point in the show it becomes more important later i guess when borg queens become a thing and yeah Hugh recognizes point. him as locutus and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah, but at this point, we just have a captive Borg here. Uh, they're trying to disable his weapons, and they're trying to figure out how they can use Picard to get back at the Borg at, that are rapidly heading towards Earth. Uh, and I don't. Uh, so they, they basically, uh, you know, they're they're using Data to connect to the Borg to the. Uh, machine part of the Borg through Picard, mm-hmm. right? And Data is doing a bunch of like, I don't know, techno magic, <laughs> essentially, is like, <laughs> oh, let's try and disable their shields. Ah, it's it's encrypted. I can't. Or, uh, ah, this, I can't do this thing or this other thing. What ideas does anyone have, you know? And they all kind of are out of ideas. Data has tried accessing every routine he can think of that would be beneficial to their fight against the cube. And you get the moment where Picard breaks out right oh no and mutters he grabs Data's hand right and and tells him sleep and that's all that's all you get and uh, it's not you know it's not sure like the the crew around him interprets it as oh you know he wants to sleep he's been he's exhausted from this ordeal he's really tired But, (laughs) but Data 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 has his has his uh, thinking cap on, and actually, what Picard was suggesting here is that he command all the Borg units to enter their sleeping, regenerating mode, which is apparently not a protected routine, <laughs> huh. uh, which caused them to then turn off all their weapons and their shields, and the cube stops. Pew <laughs> pew. Uh, yeah. So then you know uh, you they build a like a feedback loop into the cube and blow it up. And then uh, Dr. Crusher and Data can work on removing all of the Borg components from Picard. Yay, we saved the day.
0: Yay, who uh, has all his components removed without any issues because they explain later uh, he has not been assimilated for very long. So the nanites and all that have not integrated with his body permanently.
1: Right. So they're able to remove the the Borg coverings, because they were just, you know, covering as opposed to completely within his system. Yep. Whew. Uh, Re- that is a heavy, Reiker, that's a heavy one. Riker turns down his command of his own ship again. Well, considering um, the Melbourne got blown up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Shelby decides to take a commission as the uh, officer dedicated to rebuilding the fleet. So... That's the the last we see of her, I think. Or if we see her again, it's one of those like one-off, real quick.
0: Yeah, I can't kind of remember
1: things. seeing her again. I would feel like we do. Yeah, I don't remember. This I is another I, another thing I didn't look up. But for our intents and purposes, really, you know, she's done. Um, but you know, you definitely the last scene. You know, they take the Enterprise back to a shipyard near Earth for repairs, uh, and. You know, the last scene you get is Picard like, you know, looking out and he doesn't he looks like he's disturbed. Like he didn't have a good time with all this <laughs> <That's laughs> you know. understatement Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh like you said,
0: it's just gonna be one of those things that is drives his character and mm-hmm. a man that was overly rational and like you like I said earlier, often prone to hubris because of his uh mental acuity becomes a broken individual when it comes to the borg which is important later on yep um but that i think we spent a lot of time here because it's really important as far as what's going to happen obviously in this show considering what they've focused on to tell us to watch here and also because it becomes so important for picard it changes his destiny in a way and and it changes the the future of the Star Trek universe and how it becomes about how does humanity deal with an issue at, like the Borg, which is kind of, um, treated as inevitable,
1: maybe. Right. Something that's like a, a, something they really can't beat with technology. Right. Well they
0: could, but some, in some ways, are they, are they going to be faced with issues that they can't deal with within their own,
1: Moral uh, compass. Right, definitely. Yeah. So, and it was a, uh, you know, it was a, like a smash critical hit at the time. This was a, you know, as a two part episode, this was a cliffhanger between seasons. So you kind of end the first part on Riker telling Worf to fire the deflector dish at the cube as Picard is talking to them. <laughs> and that's the end of the season. And so then there's a whole year between then and when the next episode comes out and you find out that it didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, which is it, so it, it's a got to have been like, wait, great what?
0: drama.
1: <laughs> oh Did yeah. Do anything. I'm sure we people...
0: waited six months for this.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's a, it was a long time. Uh, and you know, again, one of these kind of, this kind this episode pair here is definitely one of the ones that if you ask someone about the next generation, they probably remember this one like or these are the ones that are one of the most well-known
0: yeah they'll remember it (laughs) yeah i like it a lot i mean it's just one of those ones where it feels like light at the beginning and then it just spirals down this dark path towards the end of the first episode and it's so good to watch. It's so good. We're just like, Oh man, this is getting out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's Good, 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 good. All right. Family yeah. is the one we should talk about next or should we go? Well,
1: we to, can go in to Hugh go in or- instead. Let's go in, let's go in order here. Okay. Um, so family is in fact the exact next episode after the best of both worlds part two. So, uh, the enterprise is still in space dock and they are repairing it. And so the crew gets some time off and we hear from Picard that he's going to go visit his, uh, his family in France and, uh, Worf's parents are going to come <laughs> to the, <laughs> to see him. Uh, he's not happy is, about that, but I don't know that that's
0: really the focus of our episode or time here
1: on this podcast. Well, you know, uh crucially earlier in season 3, right, Worf, Worf was discommodated, uh you know via uh from the Klingon Empire because of his issue with, you know, like not accepting the Klingon High Council and, and all the stuff that's going on over there. So, Worf kind of accepts the dishonor of his family here and so his his human parents are coming to comfort him uh and, you know, his dad wants to see the ship. Right. Uh, but really, the, the stuff we're interested in for the purposes of Picard is uh, Jean-Luc coming back to his family's vineyard in Labar, France. France. He it's, he's, needs some R&R.
0: Uh, he gets a little flack for going there from Troy, and I don't understand why. Maybe because she's trying to say you need to know what you're dealing with when you go there instead of trying to ignore it, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Um... Hmm. Anyway, continue...
1: Uh, so the the family is run by his elder brother Robert, uh, and then his, uh, his wife, and then their son Rene. And uh, basically, you know, this is Picard coming home. It's clear he hasn't been home in a really long time. Uh, he never has. He, he has never met Rene. Uh, and Rene is what boy of what? How old did you say the kid is? Ten, maybe, maybe. Less. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he. <laughs> He meets his brother's wife and it's clear he's also never met her before. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, he's. Oh, yeah, he's like, so. Oh, it's so nice to finally meet you, Jean Luc. And he's like, For me as well. And it's Whoa dude, I'm pretty sure your brother's been married for quite a while based on like how they act and what's going on. So
0: I did I get maybe I just missed that part. I didn't get that part where it was like It was like
1: it was like one line when they first met. Hmm. basically, okay. that was the impression that I got um, yeah, I guess you're you're right, yeah, yeah, and it's uh it's tough, like basically, it's just a lot of Picard like you know coming back and he and his brother clearly don't like each other, uh
0: his brother clearly doesn't like his choice to be in Starfleet and not on the f- i would say I would say Robert loves him because he's his brother but also hates him for being
1: in Starfleet and not on the vineyard, right? Yeah, he he left the family business, essentially, right? And so he's
0: bitter about that, I would say. Right. And, and he has this, like, irrational hatred of technology, right? So Picard, I remember, he says, oh, you found the best cook in France. And he's like, yeah, because it doesn't come out of a
1: replicator. It's like, okay, dude, calm down. Well, they even, yeah, they even talk about, like, oh, I remember... When- card says, oh, I remember when father and mother would argue about getting a replicator, and father said no, you know, and, and that was the end of the discussion, right? And, right. And, you know, Robert is like, yes! Great! <laughs> no replicators. I'm against all this technology. Life is too easy. We've made yeah. things too great. Everyone needs to be here and, and work on the farm. Yep. Uh, and it, it is... Uh, you get the impression that not he's well i mean he even straight up says he's jealous of what picard has done right well very much so
0: but it's also the kind of it's the star trek way of saying like hey there's an actual issue here of of technology in the future overtaking our lives and and we lose out on some of these things like chateau picard's wine is so good because robert tills it all by hand and and goes out and touches every grape
1: and you know and yeah he he helps keep the old ways uh and i think there's even like a, a mention at some point uh when picard is talking to his other friend which is kind of like the C plot uh of this episode but you get the the impression that like this vineyard is one of the one only one of the few that does it this way most of them are not done this way anymore um this kind of like a throwaway line it's like oh it's great that he tries to keep the old traditions or whatever you know Mm -hmm. um and it's a case where like it's clear that he doesn't want to change and you know good or bad it is what it is right i love that they have the same hair i know (laughs) this actor uh who uh jeremy kemp uh who sadly has passed away uh is a wonderful actor. I actually really liked his performance as Robert here. uh, And I wondered for a while if he was going to come back in Picard, but obviously not since he passed away in 1998. Well, also, Uh, uh,
0: I have a hard time watching this episode. He can't come back. um, As we learn in Generations, the one where they have the ribbon, Picard doesn't want to leave the ribbon because inside the ribbon are Robert and Renee, who he tells us in generations, he never told anyone the ship, but they died in a fire.
1: Ah, okay. I had forgotten that aspect. Yeah. It's,
0: this is kind of, I, I, uh, I got a little teary when I rewatched this and Renee comes on and they have that moment where he's like, Oh, you're my nephew from the enterprise. And, and, uh, Oh no, I'm, Oh, I'm your uncle or you're my uncle then. And they do that in the ribbon, that little, mm-hmm. that little scene in the ribbon. And that's, it's like heartbreaking thinking about it.
1: And the, uh, Rene is so cute as he's talking to Picard when they first meet and he's like, what is a son of a, oh, okay. okay son, we, don't, we don't need to talk about it. This is, yeah it's not
0: important <laughs> it's not like super hard to watch but like i definitely got like a little misty being like oh man this you know i know what happens yeah. to him and robert and it's like
1: yeah it's i really, had i didn't remember actually that part of the the history of it so that's uh definitely puts a different spin on watching it for a sure.
0: little bit doesn't it yeah
1: um during his time there uh he is kind of tempted to start working on this underwater research project with his other friend from home. Yeah. Hey, maybe Uh, don't go back to Starfleet, stay on the planet. You can get to know your family better. You can work in the ocean. It's kind of right. Exploring. Yeah. They're they're talking about, uh, Oh, it's a new frontier. We're talking about raising a continent and doing all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, John Luke starts seriously considering it. Um, (laughs) which, uh, you know, the friend is delighted by, but, uh, eventually, uh after i don't i don't know some uh some wine (laughs) is consumed Mm -hmm. uh and not the synthahol stuff uh which robert of course has hates uh but the real real stuff uh (laughs) he and robert get into a straight up fist fight (laughs) yes they do (laughs) and are rolling around in the mud and you know trying to fight each other which then culminates in them laughing because there's two old guys covered in mud and they look like idiots. (laughs) Uh, but you know, Picard basically breaks down and admits that like, I, he still feels guilty and powerless about all the stuff he did while he was assimilated. Like he remembers everything he, and he blames himself for not being strong enough to stop it. And his brother, uh, you know, always the older brother, uh, is basically like, look, you know, you're human that's just what it means you know Uh, i forget what his line was it was so good the uh it's like oh i guess my brother is human after all Mm -hmm. something like that uh and at the end you're just going to have to learn to live with what you did and whether that means you live with it down here with us or up there in the stars with your ship you're still gonna have to live with it yeah you can't you can't avoid it either place and uh then he and his brother resolve their differences uh covered in mud they go back home and drink a bunch more wine that's uh, kind of the big moment there right i don't know that yeah it, it's the big the big resolution uh is them in the mud for sure and you know kind of they you know they, they get they get along as brothers uh you know whether they still agree with everything you know probably not but at least they are You know, th- their big emotional moment happens here and you know, kind of gets Picard's head back on straight. They're like, I don't want to stay down here on Earth. I want to go back to Starfleet.
0: All right. We can jam through these last two episodes pretty quickly, yeah. I think. Cause they, yeah. Well, the first one pretty easily. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. So the next one up that we had on the list was, well, first was Datalore, the best of both worlds, family, and then something called I, Borg, which introduces the character Hugh to the universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a disconnected drone that they find in a crashed drone scout ship and they basically separate him from the collective by blocking off his transmitters. Mm hmm. Picard immediately comes up with a plan to use some sort of virus or something and use right. him like a typhoid Mary and send him back to the collective to kill them all. Exactly. Um, uh, Gynen is totally the, cool with that plan, <laughs> right? Gynen, whose
1: people were assimilated by the Borg, um, it is like, yeah, this seems good. Another plot
0: point in Generations, or yeah, Generations, that the same movie, right? Because Talarian is is also Gynen's same people, anyway. right? Yeah, uh, uh, they
1: they talk about here, uh, you know, the, the senior crew kind of deliberate the idea that like. Isn't this kind of like us committing genocide, maybe? Yep. This is most um, of the episode, and one that is worth watching for that these. reason alone. Yeah, the, the ethics of it and kind of what they decide is is really interesting, for sure. Um, Definitely the best stuff here. Hugh begins to use the word I, mm-hmm.
0: and so Picard says, well, we'll give him the choice in the long run of whether he would like to stay as an individual with us or go back to the collective... He makes an interesting decision, I think, based on his friendship with LaForge.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That is not, I think, what most people would have done, right? Like, maybe because he was Borg for so long or whatever, but he uses his friendship with LaForge to say, there's a chance that if I go back to the Collective, I could influence them or something like that but i don't want to stay here and be responsible or see what happens if you guys are assimilated by the borg
1: right Right.
0: which is a weird choice maybe but um it definitely removes them from being able to do the whole uh 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 what do you call it genocide idea of introducing virus virus and all that and uh gynan even changes her mind after she talks with hugh
1: yeah the you know sort of once they they kind of accept that he is a person and not just this member of this faceless evil race or whatever Mm -hmm. then you have to accept that well you can't just like infect this person with something that's going to wipe out everyone and it's you know it's an interesting it's an interesting moral quandary for sure
0: right so they eventually take him back to the crash site and remove that thing so that his beacon can reach the borg who then come pick him up again and take him back to the collective and it's a and short de- description of a long episode with a lot of emotion in it
1: yeah um, they they kind of hope that like because he's eventually referring to himself as as i which is not a borg thing right it's always we the borg right uh they hope that his individualism as he gets reassimilated will know spread kind of like the same way that the uh the virus they hoped would it's interesting to think that because
0: they know individuals are coming in they are immune to the individuality of new borg but like if a borg drone is reintegrated they don't like have a safeguard you know for the for the drone to have become an individual so that's a weird thing that they introduce yeah. here in this episode, but it pans out. I don't know. It wasn't on the list really, uh, which is odd because the next episode of this is a two-parter. If you follow Hugh's story with Descent and Descent 2, I don't know if you remember those.
1: Uh, I don't. The next episode in order is called The Next Phase?
0: No. So it's it's just a couple seasons later, I think. It might be a ah, full okay. season later. Uh, it might be like a full season later, but... They run into, uh, they're getting attacked by Borg, but the attacks do not, like, follow Borg protocols or whatever, mm. so they trace oh, the, the right, attacks yes. back to the cube right, that has been I taken remember. over by Lore.
1: <laughs> right, yes.
0: Because Hugh's individuality infected the cube, and the Borg cut the cube
1: off. Right, yeah, the the rogue Borg, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, Hugh is leading underground resistance against lore. It's weird that they didn't include this in the list because it includes lore and Hugh, <laughs> you know, I think the and it uh, leads to uh, lore's death, too.
1: I think the reason for not including it is likely to, uh, they're not interested in the like the further adventures of these people. It's more of a like, hey, here are these people. Let's set up who they are and what they're going through. Well, and the And it doesn't it
0: doesn't speak to the removal from the collective, like all the rest of these episodes do. Yeah, exactly. But I think it might end up being important that, you know, Lore and Hugh knew each other, and Lore gets deactivated because of Hugh, basically. Um, I did look it up, by the way. The other android we were thinking of is called B4. Ah, okay. And there's that little scene at the end of... mm, nemesis i think it is or insurrection or whatever where data dies but he has transferred all his knowledge into b4 Uh, to try and help him become a a better android because he's not very sophisticated Mm. um i guess it turns out that all of them end up being deactivated i didn't realize there were so many soong androids like he made one of his wife i forgot
1: about that one the one of his wife was the one i was the third one i was thinking of because that's like his supposedly his best one or whatever and it's the one that could um, age which is right
0: it's just like related to lol in a way which i remembered lol i guess but that's right. not a suing android that's data's
1: right i would say that data created that one
0: anyway i forgot about it. and then supposedly there's two more that we don't remember but
1: whatever whatever <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting to see how uh hugh and the borg here from this i borg episode how he shows up in picard yeah so they've they definitely mean, they, said, the character has to right i mean oh they said he is they, there's a guy cast as him so okay. he's is in, it the same he's guy in the show uh no it's not oh i don't, I don't think so well,
0: everybody else is the same <laughs>
1: uh yeah i don't i don't believe it's the same person okay well
0: say la vie. you can't get get everybody Um, okay. That leaves us with Raven on their list here, which is an odd standout of a Voyager episode, obviously.
1: Oh, actually, it is the same person. I'm wrong. Uh Aha! They got him. All right. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Jonathan Del Arco. Del Arco. The same person. Yep. I wonder what he's done since...
0: Oh, he played another character called Phantom.
1: No research.
0: Uh, (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) It's really easy to keep Memory Alpha open while we do this. Uh, Yeah, it is. And then you just fall down a click hole of like, all right, he fa- he auditioned for the role of Wesley Crusher at the beginning of Next Generation.
1: Okay. Uh, how, how different our lives would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you mean that, but that's awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, if anyone except for... W- Will Wheaton has Will gone we- on to embrace the, like silliness of that character and in the rest of his life. And right. I wonder if this guy would have done the same.
0: Yeah, you gotta wonder. Right. A lot of the actors did, though. You know, even oh, yeah. Tasha oh, yeah. Yar, like, embracing that she's a beloved character that died so early on, you know? hmm mm-hmm. um, And still embracing Star Trek, even though she was only on it for, you know, a two season, One season? Season and a half or something. Season and a half, yeah. Um, okay. So, that leaves Raven, which is an episode... A Voyager. A Voyager that I want to preface by saying a lot of people think is good. This episode is good? A lot of or, people think this episode is good.
1: <laughs> I don't necessarily think they're wrong in the context of it's a good episode of Voyager. Okay. A Voyager, it's a good episode. I have a
0: real, real big problem that with it. Let's hear it. <sighs>
1: We have to recap the show first. Uh, do we? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: this, uh, we'll do it uh, real fast.
1: Seven of Nine is a liberated Borg drone who has been living on their ship Voyager. Uh, and Voyager, and uh, she starts having flashbacks and to a raven attacking and Borg a, a, attacking her. A bird and and raven and a Borg attacking, and there's a whole reason why, but it doesn't matter. She steals a ship and goes and finds this crashed Federation ship called the which Raven called the raven which turns out to be the ship that she and her parents were on when they were assimilated okay uh that's the that's the thing basically it's sort of her some kind of like post-traumatic stress remembering where she was from or what was going on when she was assimilated annika hansen that's her name is
0: her name her real name she chooses not to go by it even after they figure out who it is it turns out midway through the episode when they read her journal that apparently the Hansons were quite famous in the Federation. And so
1: when mildly famous scientists of repute.
0: So when she figures out that the bird that's attacking her is a raven, Janeway is able to say, Oh my goodness, it's a raven quick scan for Federation vessels. And yeah, amazing piece of knowledge to have remembered in the middle of the Delta quadrant from years and years beforehand. Yeah. But, uh, it turns out the Raven was a science research vessel that followed a Borg cube through a transwarp conduit into the Delta Quadrant. And they had a modulating shield frequency that hid them from the Borg, including on personal shields that they could wear while they transported over into Borg cubes and and studied you don't the Borg. Find
1: it. You don't find any of this out in this episode, by the way. All of that is in subsequent episodes.
0: No, you don't find it all out in this episode, but it's important to know this stuff. Not as
1: far as this episode is concerned.
0: This episode is about her coming to deal with the fact that she is no longer attached to the Borg, right? So, like, in the middle of this, she thinks that she's being summoned to this place by the Borg. Right. Right? And And so she goes through thinking... And this very similar to the Hugh episode. She has this moment where, "Hey, I'm gonna rejoin the collective." But when I rejoin the collective, Tuvok who has caught up with her to try and stop her from going to this place where she shouldn't be because it's in a territory that they're not allowed to go. She says, "I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let them assimilate you. Don't worry. Like I'm gonna rejoin when I get there because she thinks she's headed to the Borg. But you're my crew and friend, you know. And and so there's that whole." coming to understand what it means to be liberated Borg and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. that's what
1: I think they want you
0: to watch. But you, well, I mean, that's
1: f- literally what this episode is about. So all this other stuff that you're having issues with is not brought up this episode. I'm just, it saying.
0: is brought up at the end of it. And when Janeway tells her, here's a file about your parents, right? And this is all the information that's in the file. And she says they were amazing people. And I am irate with the idea that they did all this stuff with the Borg and took their three-year-old on a ship into the Delta Quadrant to study the
1: Borg. I mean, I don't know how this is any worse than Picard and the Enterprise having a bunch of kids on board either. I, and
0: that's what we talked about. I said when, when Wolf 359 happens, we're going to talk about it later on with like Starfleet just being like, families are totally cool on ships. You'd think they'd have learned their lesson a few times, and moreover, you'd think that we're going to go study the most dangerous things in the galaxy, but we have these modulating shields, so our three-year-old will be totally safe in the Delta Quadrant with us wandering around with no plan to get back.
1: I don't think they intended to go to the Delta Quadrant to start Oh, they
0: definitely did. They followed it through the conduit.
1: Yeah, but did they intend to follow through the content of it, or were they just sure they, following it? I'm pretty sure they did.
0: I mm-hmm. It just makes me so mad when she says they were really great people. I'm like, no. No, well,
1: they, they could be bad. You could be bad parents and still be an okay person, right? Uh, it's a weird glossing also, over of something. Janeway, Janeway wouldn't have known that they were like terrible parents anyway. She's only read their scientific papers. So. Look, they took a three-year-old... On a ship studying the Borg. Did they talk about the three-year-old in the scientific papers? Oh, Probably not, right? She's not on the God. byline. <laughs> the three-year-old doesn't get partial credit. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, because she's assimilated when she's three, um, seven of nine has different issues being separated from the Borg than most other Borg do.
1: Right. right, And the the, the sort of crux of this story is that she mistook the like homing signal from the ship as the Borg calling her back, but really it was sort of her subconscious remembering and, uh, like going through the process of becoming human again, even, um, this
0: episode, just because of the, what, what the parents do to, you know, like she wouldn't have been assimilated and that just makes me mad. So it starts to dredge
1: up bad memories. The, uh, the parent in you is overriding your sense of person who's having fun watching star. Trek. I agree. I I understand. I get it i don't say uh, that i'm immune to that kind of thing there is a uh, fun scene here where this is the first time seven of nine eats food <laughs> <laughs> she's because the borg don't eat right they have like nutrients supplied to them via intravenous the, or whatever yeah and I'd the say, doctor like,
0: has to give her a list of of stuff she should eat and instead of giving her like okay have like six ounces of chicken breast he gives her like here you need
1: polypeptides, eight parts. Yeah, yeah. this is like a totally like a breakdown of like amino acids and stuff.
0: It's, it's <laughs> She's the, like, what? Well, no, she kind of understands that, and I think the the doctor and Seven of Nine over the course of that show are es- extremely simpatico. Right, they become best friends oh, yeah. because they have the same uh, very. Uh,
1: yeah, like a mechanical textbook or,
0: mechanical view of the right. world and how it functions even though the doctor ends up you know because he gets switched on for so long like developing right. personality and then kind of moves away from that so does seven of nine but they do it together mm-hmm. um this kind of moment where she takes that to Neelix and he's just like I'm gonna just make you this boiled meat
1: he's <laughs> like you know what we're just gonna try something uh not spicy <laughs> it's like steamed <laughs> vegetables we're gonna yeah. go with that you know <laughs> yeah uh pretty good sad
0: Uh, that the scene is ruined by him by her little homing beacon thing when she shoves him over
1: yeah bummer yeah uh but that was a a good part of this episode was pretty funny Uh, i hadn't watched any voyager in a while and i have to comment that what were the people that made seven of nines outfit thinking it's Looks so uncomfortable, there's no way that that outfit could be like something a person would wear on a regular basis. <laughs> it is one hundred percent glaringly obvious,
0: you know, like that that is the beginning of changing over how costuming in Hollywood worked, yeah, I like right like the, would... like that is it's just such a moment where you're like, huh, that's a costume, okay,
1: and the like. And in this, in this episode, she's wearing this, like, brown thing. There's, like, very clearly some kind of, like, ribbed corset or something underneath meant to very show clearly. that, like, oh, oh, look, she's, like, still, you know, not a human under there. It's, like, you know, parts or whatever.
0: Right, because th- we mentioned earlier Picard's stuff could all come out, but Seven of Nine still has Borg implants in her because they're integrated right. with her organs at this point. She's been assimilated for 20 years, 30 years, whatever.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. And it's just... It had been a long time since I had watched this show, and I just didn't remember, like, how ridiculous it looked. Just so ridiculous. It's Man. funny
0: <laughs> watching it, and you're like, oh, yeah, those uniforms, because they, they're on Voyager. They're stuck with the old uniforms. Yep. And uh, and then Seven of Nine comes along, and you're like, oh, uh-huh. Got it. So, costuming had changed, but they were stuck because of story reasons. Yep. And uh, And now, oh. you know, nowadays... The costuming has gotten better with Discovery, but, you know, even the men's uniforms are quite form-fitting.
1: Yeah. This is, like, the epitome of, like, 90s, you know what's cool in space, form-fitting outfits.
0: (laughs) We can Uh, do that
1: now. Yeah. I have to uh, imagine she was very uncomfortable, Jerry Ryan. Oh, I believe she's given uh, interviews and stuff that was like, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Like I had production stops for twenty minutes if I have to go to the restroom or something. Oh no. <laughs> um. Yeah. Not great. Uh. But yeah, th- this episode, I, I know you have a lot of issues the uh, the parents' right. actions, just, which honestly they're bad. So it, yeah. it just no, de- it just no dredges up
0: issues that come later, right? Where like this episode in itself is fine. It's not yeah like right home grade, but it is that that emotional
1: moment of realizing you're separate and an individual completely. Yeah. And seven accepting that, you know, Hey, she really isn't ever going back to the Borg. Now it's kind of over and she needs to, you know, understand who she is now as a separate person. And that's kind of the, that's the emotional thrust of where the episode is going. Yeah. um, Which is the thing that lines up with a lot of these other ones that we saw.
0: I had to reread before watching that episode, how she was, I couldn't remember how she was separated. I remembered how they introduced her, mm-hmm. right? Like with that whole needing to fight species eight four or whatever. Eight. Yeah, the eight, like uh, evil alien species four seven two. The bio yeah, species, or and then uh, and then how she was like trying to take over Voyager. But I couldn't remember how they separated her. And I'm like surprised that she's totally chill <laughs> this close after that, you know.
1: Well, Voyager is also a weird show in that, like, you could believe that every episode of TNG is kind of like, who knows how much time has passed in between these things, although he gives star dates at the beginning, so. But in Voyager, like, it really could be, and they even say sometimes at the opening of episodes, like, it's been three weeks since the last time, like, kind of stuff, right? So, like, there's a ton of time that passes in Voyager that isn't on screen, so they could have done one of those where it's like oh it's been like 3 weeks or th- 3 months since we recovered from the bore we disassembled all the assimilation stuff and seven is still here like that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i you know i it's a whole thing <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel after all watching all these do you feel prepared for uh for picard
0: I think there's a lot more in in terms of story that they have left out. I think I get clearly that you know the the woman in the trailer that is finding Picard has something to do with the Borg, right? Like now we know for sure, yeah, that she's some sort of Borg hybrid or or something or something, some, right? Something Borgy. Hopefully they explain it quickly and get that part over with, so we can get on with the show, and it's not like some sort of mystery thing. But I think there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, too. If they're going to go this route of, like, the Borg, it's interesting that they didn't have a whole bunch of, like, uh, story episodes, or at least, like, a story primer, because there's a whole, like, Unimatrix Zero collective civil war that's happening, that Mm. we don't know how
1: that ends. I think you're right, basically. the Picard seems like they really want to, they want you to remember about the Borg and what happens when you get out of the board right it seems like that's going to be some kind of major thrust of the show one would imagine
0: i mean these it, are very very close episodes the only missing one is the lore right yeah and so, so it's
1: that's the anomalous one to me like what does that mean show there's it's anomalous
0: because lore isn't the one that has data's memories before is so right they didn't show, tell you to go watch any of the movies where it explains that data is still kind of alive in memory. They didn't have you to watch the movie about the Borg where it explains the Borg Queens. They didn't have you watch any of the episodes about what's going on inside the collective from Voyager. So one looks at, at the show and says, it seems like they did a lot of research and time to kind of come up with a plot that would drag Picard back out into the galaxy they're bringing back tons of characters from TNG and Voyager that are Borg related. So you'd you'd think that this is going to be very story driven based on the history of of his history with the Borg. Right. Of of all the history of the Borg. And so I wonder how tertiary it's going to be instead. I hope it's not going to be, but then people are going to feel lost if it does have like, oh, the Borg collective is in civil war and this is like a weapon from one side attacking the, you know, like,
1: I don't mean, I get, I get the feeling that maybe, you know, they're not giving Picard command of like the newest and fastest, most powerful vessel or whatever to go out there and fight the Borg. So Mm. maybe we're going to be finding out about, you know, a, a small section of Borg or a, a sect or something that is in this one area doing something, maybe that kind of a thing where it's not like you don't need to know about the greater what is happening with the whole greater collective because they're everywhere, right? All and all over doing whatever their thing is.
0: Well, and, and the Borg assimilate, right? So there's a chance that there's a whole story about the things they've assimilated that you find out through through Voyager and through Hugh that, that everyone's got memories from everyone else, you know, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. seven the,
1: has memories from the battle of three, five, nine. And yeah, you can do the whole, um, you know, what does it mean to come out of the story? 5,000 different ways for as many yeah. species as there have been. Right. So it's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I hope it's good. You know, I like we said before, we want it to be good. We do. I don't know. So, I think as as we wrap up our prep for
0: Picard episode, which is the hashtag they use. I didn't make that up. Um,
1: not a great one.
0: Not a great one. But uh, there's <laughs> less, very less descriptions I could come up with. My brain is not, I need more Earl Grey, please. Where's mm-hmm. my replicator? Man, uh, so helpful. I, I don't know. I hope, I think you're going to get your wish. The dog's not going to be a thing.
1: I think that that was clear pretty quickly when they stopped showing him in marketing. Yeah. If if he was going to be a thing, like, permanently, they would have kept him in the marketing, but I think they had him there for that one little joke that his name was number one. (laughs) He'll he'll be in some scene, right? Like, we're going to see him,
0: but... I think there's going to be a lot of cameos from TNG people. I think it's already been shown a couple of them. What is maybe a... Thing you're hoping to see or or not see as we get into this
1: next week by the time this comes out yeah um i'm hoping you know I, I think i just want a i want a show that is more like uh that is less like discovery and more like tng or ds9 i think that's what i'm hoping for whether that means like it, it doesn't need to have a uh, – or it doesn't need to do a, like, weekly, you know, anthology kind of thing like those shows did. It can still have, a like, a linear plot if that's what they want. I assume that's what they will want. Uh, but I – the sentiments and the, like, the production design and the kind of, like, uh, the situations that arise in Discovery – in a lot of cases to me, didn't feel really like at the same, like with the same kind of optimism or the same kind of feeling that I got from DS nine and TNG. So I'm hoping we get some more of stuff like that.
0: It's going to have to depend on the way that they write Picard. Totally. Picard still is optimistic about the world or not.
1: Yes. So I hope we don't get the broken old man Picard and that we still get the hopeful, Aspiring guy. I feel like it's going to have a very Firefly vibe to it. I like Firefly. I'm okay with that. It seems
0: like it, right? Like, the crew that they've shown is a crew of misfits and, like, rejects, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the ship doesn't look like a Federation ship because the Federation doesn't care about what Picard wants to do, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. um, So, my hope is they've shown a lot of seven of nine in the marketing. And mm-hmm. my hope is that when they bring in characters from the past, like these two board characters, we've had to look at, it's pretty clear like data and Riker and all those ones are going to be one offs. But I think if they're going to try and bring in a character with a bigger plot point that we get them for longer than like one episode, that they become an integral part of the plot, at least for more than one or two spots. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. If they do what they have done with, uh, Philippa Jojo in discovery, dude, bring I would her be back for several episodes. so
0: happy if that's the kind of, yeah, that's what I exactly, you nailed it. That's exactly what I mean, where we had yeah. such a good character like Philippa and we thought
1: we were robbed of her early on. And then yeah, they we brought her back. It was, oh, she was only in the first couple. Like they had Michelle Yeoh for like four episodes and that was it. Yeah. But, yeah, I I would love that too. That would be a great way to to get some of these people.
0: It would it would make it feel more like those shows. I think is what I'm getting at. That, like we have the same desire, and I want to get there a different way.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm in for it, man. Yeah. I think I think they've got us either way. So they know. Yeah, we're they the, know. We're the people who are going to watch know. no matter how what it is. They so. know. <laughs>
0: This has been another subspace transmission. I hope that we'll be talking some Picard when we see you next month. But in the meantime, if you want to catch up on the other 14 episodes of this sub pod, or if you want to listen to a podcast about not having time to play
1: video games, instead talking about them, where would you go? Uh, You could go to Spotify and find us on Spotify. Search for We Were Gamers on there and you'll get both this episode and all the previous ones uh, on there. We're also on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and search for We Were Gamers, and you'll find this podcast and others sorted helpfully into wonderful playlists and uh, various ways of listening. We're also available on your podcasting app of choice, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the various places that you can find a podcast, you can find us. Uh, And we're on social media at at we were gamers on facebook instagram twitter all the uh, fun places you can hear us talk to you about this show